0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 386 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, September 27th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean, and find the show at Locked On Raptors, where there's links to every single episode. And of course, as always, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, all 700 college programs, or whatever the hell there is. Uh, there's fantasy, fantasy shows for both basketball and football, two fantasy shows for football, actually. One's more of a daily look at the fantasy scene, another one more of a big picture show. Uh, so you're covered on all bases there as well. And uh, if you find a show in the network that you like, and I mean, it's impossible not to, if you're a fan of a certain team and you want a great local perspective, if you find a show on a team that you're interested in, and that with hosts that you dig, please go to the iTunes pages, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. Subscribe, rate, review. The best ways you can help support all these very free shows. The only thing we ask is that you support them and uh, and put a little rating and review there because it very much helps with rankings and all that stuff. So thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to do that. And let's get to today's show. Uh, for today's show, I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, one of the best people covering the Raptors, and now she's doing it on a full-time basis for SP Nation. It's Sierra Sohi. How's it going?
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: I'm doing well. You are in Vancouver, is that correct?
0: Yes, I am. Burnaby, actually. Ah. But yeah, that is where the, where the Raptors are holding their training camp, so that is where I am.
1: Uh, how many Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys have you seen in and around training camp? Are there people just like are fans just kind of hanging around in their Bryant Reeves jerseys, looking for people to sign them?
0: No, it's all not that cool. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, game day. Maybe game day we'll see a little bit more of the Grizzlies fans turning out and uh, just like you know some of that random quirkiness that you see at, uh, at some of these uh, NBA Canada games. But it hasn't been. You know, it has—it hasn't been infested with fans at the the training camp. Just a little bit on the first day, I saw some guys trying to eyeing down JP, then asking him for a picture. But that was pretty much like the biggest celebrity moment that I really <laughs> saw. It wasn't—it wasn't too crazy. It was pretty. It's been pretty low key. Well,
1: that's uh good, I suppose, for the team that's gonna have a lot of attention on it all season long. Not nice for a nice little chill start. My other question for you off the start is: uh, Is September by Earthwind and Fire has that been stuck in your head? for the last two days or ever, ever since you got to vancouver
0: i i actually well i found out about it yesterday okay. and th- since then it absolutely has been last <laughs> night was just was just a whole day of that song playing over and over again <laughs> both in my head on my laptop which is fun it's actually a pretty pretty good way to spend your night
1: yeah there are like sadder songs you could get into for <laughs> yeah sure. absolutely yeah Uh, I asked that question If people haven't read Searit's story on SB Nation About the fun-loving Raptors All of a sudden under Nick Nurse uh, Please read it, it's excellent Pause the podcast right now, go read it, then check back Because we're going to be talking a lot about it today on the show Um, And you lead that whole thing off Talking about how Nick Nurse Starts practice every day Essentially by blasting September by Earth, Wind & Fire Because it's a nice, upbeat, happy song To start the day And for a team that has kind of graduated to a new sort of level of expectation and stature within the league by acquiring Kawhi Leonard, I feel like adding a little bit of, you know, levity into the whole situation is probably not a bad idea. Um, so th- I, I guess my first question for you about sort of the the g- general sort of tone around the, the the training camp is like, is it notably more, like, do you think it's sort of compared to say how the Raptors were last season like is there, obviously by the end of the season there was a lot of weight with getting swept and all that stuff but is it just like a generally sort of cheerier vibe or do you think it's, could you, do you chalk it up to just like oh it's September, it's always like this at every training camp
0: no I'm not, I'm not quite sure because I think it's kind of balanced out by two different forces, on one side we've got the fact that this is you know as much as they don't really want to concentrate on, on that part of it, it is a very pressure packed season, you've mm-hmm. got a one-year shot at convincing Kawhi Leonard that this team's culture, this, this team's talent, and its new rookie head coach is enough for him to commit long-term. And then, like, you've got turnover, like I said, the rookie head coach, DeMar's gone, who's a big, big part of uh, part of their culture and, you know, as just like a, a locker room voice. And I'm sure, like, you know, we all know that I don't have to tell anybody how important DeMar is. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is... It's kind of this like like you said, like this graduation into something a little bit more serious after a season in which everything was carefree. So I don't really wanna say that it's more fun loving because, you know, we had last year like we were watching a team where the bench was always clowning each other, popping into each other's videos, they're always hanging out together. Mm-hmm. You know, there were bromances, like they're always having fun. So I w I don't wanna necessarily say that they're they're having more fun but i just think that in specifically in the practice setting it's just it's just a different style and mm-hmm. i think it's a style that balances out some of the seriousness so if anything i'd say things are kind of level with a team that was always always kind of had that that element to it and i just think that uh, that duane and, and nurse is like this is kind of where these little nuances are where you get into the differences between them. I know a lot of people kind of have the question of, hey, is Nick all that different from Casey? He's been his lead assistant for five years, so Mm -hmm. not his lead assistant for the whole five, but, you know, just uh, somebody who really, you know, grew up under his tutelage and, you know, watched him coach and his philosophy, and it kind of turns out that Nick has his own sort of different thing. And this is this is the early iteration of what we're seeing. He's a little bit, obviously, he's talked about being creative. He's talked about different lineups and just trying new things. And I think this is kind of his way of opening up the team to this idea, trying to kind of not necessarily, I guess, expand their basketball minds into into imagining more things that they could do. And he's just trying to get them a little bit loose and, and ready to feel like, hey, we, I can make this, weird move that I never would have considered making before because then from that maybe we'll have a new wrinkle. I think that's kind of the that's kind of his his season long goal, it mm-hmm. seems like.
1: Yeah, that's why I always kinda of bristled at the idea that just because Nurse was Casey's lead assistant he was just going to do all the same things Casey did because I don't know about like you and bosses you've had, but whenever Dan Reynolds reign, the top Raptors HQ, comes to a probably dramatic mm-hmm. end like i'm gonna liven things up when i when i take over i'm kidding i love dan i'm not gonna do that but like i would do things differently do i'm sure a like, lot more dan, yeah probably sure. very like way fewer movie references in my posts oh, for yeah. sure uh definitely less beard clout um, like i can barely <laughs> even grow uh, a chin strap so it, yeah. it just it's, it'd be different like and i think that is a good sign i think early on that like to kind of if there were any fears of that being, you know, in in the minds of, of fans, like still thinking that that was a thing that was going to kind of, you know, hamper this team growing under a new coach, like I, I'm glad at least early on we're getting a glimpse of the sort of the things that he does differently, and I think you could tell just sort of, sort of from the way he talks about how he's going to use lineups and versatility and all this stuff that there was always going to be something different from what Dwayne Casey did, and I don't think. You know, we would have heard those reports by the end of the season about sort of the maybe the fractious nature of their relationship by the end. Um, I don't think we would have heard those if they had very similar sort of you know philosophies on how to coach basketball. Um, we should probably talk about Kawhi Leonard. I suppose he is now three days into. Being a Toronto Raptor at camp and all this stuff, and the laugh has been out there. The memes have been made, and now he's you know actually taking part in training camp. From I guess we could go with the with the easy one with him. Like, do, do, do things seem good with him? Like in terms of health, is there any like limitations on on his workload and practice, anything like that? And I guess beyond that, like just how does the vibe around Kawhi or even with Kawhi himself seem to be through a few days here? No, nothing
0: like that. As far as uh, as far as at least we haven't been alerted to any sort of thing with you know his house or anything it seems like things are seems like all systems are go in yeah. that in that regard which is obviously very encouraging I think that you know I think everybody's really excited to see him play on Saturday and we'll see what he looks like obviously he's going to be very rusty but I think you know just think I think that it seems like things are where they're supposed to be in that regard but you know Kawhi the way that he's kind of been publicly is I think pretty encouraging Mm -hmm. like correct me if I'm wrong or if you had different expectations but I kind of assumed he'd be a little more quiet not as forthcoming not as positive but he's been really positive so far about his experience and obviously it's just training camp like nothing has really happened yet so there's no reason for for anybody anybody to be negative but you know for a guy that has been reported doesn't necessarily want to want to stay in in reports that he's gonna leave for the Clippers you know he is sounds like he's coming in and giving it an honest chance he's he's really seemed to to take in to to Nick and they kind of seem to connect on like a basketball junkie level which is kind of cool we'll see how that relationship plays out you know I think that I think obviously the expectations are already so low that it's kind of all, all he all Kawhi really had to do was be like a reasonable person but he's been pretty like you know, he's been he's been forthcoming as far as answering the questions. He doesn't go long or anything. He doesn't ramble, but you know he he actually does answer answer the questions, and he doesn't really deflect too much or anything like that. Unless mm-hmm. he's asked specifically about the Spurs, which you know, of course, anybody would expect him to do that. But yeah, like he's been kind of a pleasant surprise for for the most part.
1: Yeah, and I can't imagine he's getting the Spurs question that much after he shut that stuff down pretty quickly with the one <laughs> San Antonio reporter who was at training camp, that poor guy. <laughs> no, uh, that poor
0: guy yeah. got blown
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, so you can't see it now, but I have a cork board in my office here with all of the little bits of evidence that are going to Ty, Kawhi, and his decision-making process to wanting to stay with the Raptors. I don't have that. I might make it by the end of the season for content. But, um, like... If there's something I'm I'm cutting out and putting on to, one part content, the other part therapy. I guess. Yeah, yeah. If there's one part I'm gonna I'm cut sure. out to add to the board after the last the last couple. I mean, there's two things, I guess, maybe three. Uh, his original joke and laugh and his "I'm a fun guy" response uh, in the original press conference. I'll gift that or something like that. I don't know if you could pin a gift to a cork board. I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, there's the Instagram picture today of him smiling. That's great too. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's someone just like. Just like lurking across the court and waiting for him to smile for whatever reason just to snap a picture for Instagram. But that's good to see. And then the clip or the quote from your piece where he's talking about Nick Nurse and he says he's open-minded, ready to adjust on the fly. Just a brilliant mind. That tells me that uh, – does Kawhi think Nick Nurse is better than Greg Popovich? I don't know. Maybe that suggests that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that,
0: that's going to be the whole takeaway for this podcast. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, these are the kind of things that, you know, if I just wants to be the nice, polite guy and act like, okay, you know, I'm going to give this a fair shot, I think that we would have sensed a little bit of that, right? But he's actually kind of, he seems like he is fully on board with this, with at least this season, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he might pick up and do whatever next season, but it seems like, he is completely willing to give this season a try, which is really, really all that uh, that you could have asked for. That's all the
1: Raptors were banking on, really, when they made the mm-hmm. trade, right? Like, this was to get him for oh, one season.
0: His, his so we're going to have to see about that, too.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the one-on-one tournament that was uh, all the rage yesterday in a second, but first mm-hmm. I want to talk about our sponsor for today, and that is Vivid Seats. Folks, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. But with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to, to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as, new, as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Sorry. Uh, every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for 20 bucks off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. It's a very, very exciting time to be a Toronto sports fan. We've talked about Kawhi Leonard. We've talked about this Raptors team, to, Raptors team to death. The Maple Leafs are starting up well within a week, and they're going to be very exciting. Make sure you get out to one of their games this season or multiple. Make a memory that lasts, lasts a lifetime and let the seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, C-Rate, got to talk about this one-on-one tournament. This is all I care about. <laughs> um, apparently, Kawhi Leonard won the belt for this tournament yesterday, the WWE belt that assistant coach uh, Nate Bjorkgren has had. We, I guess he's been giving it out for different drills throughout the day at practice, and Kawhi earned it for the one-on-one tournament they played. Is there any intel on who he beat in the finals of this tournament, how the bracket shook out, or if not, I guess we gotta just have to hypothesize how this whole thing shook out.
0: Uh, I'm actually not sure. Uh, it's bad reporting on my part. I unfortunately <laughs> do do not have any details. I was actually thinking about that earlier because I because the other thing is that Fred won the belt for the two on two, right? So right. that's kind of how do you how do you win the belt for two on two? That was something I was also curious about. Obviously, like you know, Kawhi winning the one on one is not going to be a big shock to anybody. It was funny. Nurse actually mentioned it when he was asked what the biggest surprise of. All those drills was, which is like, oh really? Kawhi winning the one on one was a was a was a big shocker to you, huh? So you know, uh, that'll be that'll be the next podcast. I'll get I'll get you all those details.
1: I'm just trying to think of like who the final four of this tournament would have been. I'm assuming it's like yeah. a, I mean I know there's like 20 guys in camp. Let's assume that. I don't know. Maybe they leave out some of the the bottom bench guys. We'll say Eric Moreland gets in with the with the rest of the fifteen man. Um, I don't know. Well,
0: they actually have so they have twenty teams and they try to keep the G League guys together. Okay. And then with the fifteen other guys, they just try to split them up.
1: Okay. So we'll say there's the fifteen oh. guys, and then we'll throw in. Uh, Jamal McGlure as the 16th guy uh, who faces Kawhi in the 116 matchup in the first round. So we'll assume that's what that's what the, I'm just in my head. That's how it happened. Um, <laughs> who do you think would be like the final four in this tournament? And if they were to do it again, and and like who do you think Kawhi? Who would who would be your bet for who he beat in the final? Ooh,
0: that's interesting. It's I guess it kind of depends how the bracket goes, but you have to assume that. Know, Fred or Kyle, kind of have to be those one-on-one guys, just because I think that in a one-on-one setting, guards are just so hard to, to to stay in front of for for guys one-on-one. Like they could just beat anybody off the dribble and get layup after layup. And yeah. I think, like honestly, like any NBA player can be almost any other NBA player off the dribble. <laughs> although although the notion of now watching a Kyle Lowry versus Pascal Siakam one-on-one game is actually really appealing <laughs> to me. Just to you know, you kind of. It's kind of like a one one thing has to give sort of situation. Like, is it going to be Pascal's just steal trap defense being able to stay in front of any guard, mm-hmm. or and but then on on offense, not really having much of a clue, other than trying to post up Kyle, who is one <laughs> of the best post-up guys for, for for big guys as far as, like, little guys who switch on He's just mm-hmm. got such a strong base, you don't really get too far against him. It'd be really, it's both an interesting thought experiment that I also think would be an interesting on encore experiment as well. But yeah, like, I think it's got to be one of the guards. Might um, Like, I think the, the best bet is Kyle, probably. Although one of the interesting things that we've kind of heard from training camp, other than, like, everybody basically singing Pascal's praises, is Danny Green talking about how he... Feels like his one-on-one game has been opened up a little bit more. Doing all these drills, like kind of rediscovering skills that he didn't really utilize in spur system because it was so much more like just about ball movement, side to side, and not really trying to create for yourself off the dribble unless you were one of those guys that was designated to do that. So it makes me think that if that's something that's being brought up, it's because he's doing pretty well in those sessions. Mm-hmm. So that's he's a he's my sleeper pick for for that.
1: Okay, and he's got the pull-up game too. Like, that's important. Yeah,
0: that was my that go-to,
1: life. playing one-on-one with, like, my cousin who would always beat my ass in one-on-one. Like, sometimes you just got to get lucky and start pulling up. Like, try to get a little separation. Stop trying to go to the basket because you're going to get stuffed. And, and just see if you can get a little lucky and get hot for a little while to pull out a win. Um, I So my bet for the Final Four, I think, obviously, Kawhi's there. I think he makes – I think he probably beats – uh, you see, you seem kind of low on Pascal's prospects, but I think Pascal is kind of my pick here because he's a very good defender. He's enormous, like you said. He can guard anybody. Uh, he proved last year that John Wall wasn't even able to get by him. So I don't think Kyle in preseason form is really going to be able to do it.
0: Are you are you are you saying that that John Wall is more skilled or a better? Offensive player than Kyle Lowry. I would say or the. Is that, what, is that what you're insinuating? I would
1: suggest the lame stream media would say John Wall is faster than Kyle Lowry, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't
1: believe it. I'm very sad. Can't believe it. I'm very mad I just said those words. Um, but <laughs> I think Pascal, like I was saying, very good defending anybody. And like his one real move was just to like drive in, do a little weird spin, and just kind of plop it in from six feet. Like, I think that's kind of a a nice move to have in your back pocket as, like, your go-to in one-on-one. So I'd say he makes it. DeLon, I feel like, would be the hardest guy to guard one-on-one. Just his first step and his elusiveness seems kind of terrifying. Like, his handle, I feel like, in a one-on-one situation where there's no help defense, like, he could kind of cook anybody he wants to. And then... I'd probably he's be Fred. An impossible
0: guy to like map out tendencies and yeah, like yeah. Can't really, It's he's, it's pretty tough to scout for the lawn.
1: Plus, he can shoot now. So
0: apparently, yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I, and I, I guess Fred would be my other guy just because it feels like he would he would try really hard. Maybe no one else would, um, but uh, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in the next one. Like this, this should be televised. This sounds like a lot of fun. Um,
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. I suppose we should talk about Kyle Lowry, right? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. The like the alarm bells have been ringing from people who I don't think really have a firm handle on the team from like being up close and personal to it all the time. For most people, like for me, I just like Kyle being a little bit curmudgeonly to start the season – Not entirely surprised by it. Uh, Kyle Lowry has been known to be slightly grumpy at times, and I'm not particularly shocked by it. And obviously the whole context of everything with DeMar getting traded in the summer factors in as well, but like, I still have a really hard time believing that Kyle, who didn't speak with the media again today for the second straight day, is not going to... like. I don't think he's going to be a problem that is like a cancer for the season. Let's just put it that way. But I don't know. How, How do you read it? At what point... Does him, like, like refusing to speak to the media and and sort of carrying on this, you know, curmudgeonly uncle bit, like, at at what point do you think that becomes a real problem?
0: You know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because I I agree with you in a lot lot of places with a lot of what you said there, but at the same time, I think that, yeah, yeah, Kyle takes his time to kind of get used to changes, but this isn't a season where they have a lot of time, you know? Like they really need to, to execute. They need to build. Like he, I think he needs to build a relationship with uh with Kawhi, mm-hmm. and you know from there, it's it, it's kind of I don't know, it's it's kind of it's kind of I think dependent on how Kawhi reacts to it as well. Like, is he somebody who really wants to be friends with Kyle, or does he does he care that the, he's not like Kyle's not particularly rolling out the red carpet for him? Is that the type of guy Kawhi is? Or is he just like you know? I'll do my business, you'll do yours. We don't have to be us friends, and you know, as long as the environment around the team isn't toxic or or corrosive or or uncomfortable or anything like that, Mm -hmm. I think we're fine. So I, I can't. A lot of this kind of comes down to how Kawhi is, but I think the point of all of that is that Kyle is making a very unnecessary gamble by acting like this, right? You know, like this. At the end of the day, like Kyle's not a guy who really see, like, who really sees things in that. Like, they're a business all the time. He's just somebody who kind of builds trust with people, with not very many people. And when that trust is broken, I think it's very tough for him. So it's kind of the notion of basketball being a business is something that I think just jives with his psyche, and he kind of does does need that that time to recalibrate. But he, I don't know, just you know, at, at a certain point. I want, I want to be sympathetic to those tendencies, mm-hmm. especially because of how much he's grown as a leader. But I think at a certain point, you really just do have to do what's best for your team. And I don't think that he's doing that. I think he's causing, you know, we. you can call it, you can say that the media is overreacting. But at the end of the day, they're reacting to a situation that Kyle continually def- refuses to defuse. Right. And I think that's just irresponsible on its part. I think it's an unnecessary risk going into a really promising season where everybody should just be concentrated on the basketball. There shouldn't be any distractions. And the best way for there not to be any distractions is for Kyle to go up to the media. You know, he doesn't have to talk to us for all the time in the world. I know he's not the biggest fan of it. And I don't particularly, to particularly blame him, but, but I think it would just help a lot if he just kind of went up and was like, listen, I'm really – excited to to play with Kawhi you know it's been great training camp blah 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 getting to know him all of that whatever just diffuse the situation whatever you need to do to do that like it's it's not it's just not a very hard ask I think mm-hmm. I, I get what he's feeling the way he does but you know you're also making 30 million dollars a year so you know
1: yeah I, yeah, I sympathize with Kyle for a few reasons. I think one, like, I mean, the, the Media Day press conference, you're going to kind of get that crowd of media where, like, it's, you know, a lot of local news stations and stuff. So I'm not surprised that the line of questioning was almost entirely like, oh, are you mad that DeMar's gone questions? Because that's pretty much what it was, and I don't think he wanted to play into that. I don't think he was, like, in the business of, you know, being a big, like, downer on the entire day. He just... Kind of chose to defer on those questions, which mm-hmm. I mean I don't that's know what else. Totally fine. Yeah, I get
0: that. Yeah, it's like you know, DeMar's his best friend. He doesn't want to trash DeMar, but at the same time, yeah, he won't even acknowledge the notion that he's excited to play with Kawhi Leonard. Like somebody, like if somebody asks him, "Hey, are you excited to play with Kawhi Leonard?" his his response to every Kawhi question was, "Oh yeah, I'm just excited for the whole team." He wouldn't mention Kawhi yeah. in particular, Danny in particular, and I think that's kind of necessary to do like let's we don't know what type of guy Kawhi is i don't like there's not many people who do but let's say he's the type of guy who would potentially take offense to that which i think is kind of reasonable mm-hmm. if they don't really have too much of a, a relationship on the court i just think that's you know it's it's a little bit of a petty move i think that it's really it would just be really easy for him to be like yeah i'm, I'm really excited to play with Kawhi, all nba talent.
1: He owned Kurt, me in the one on one tournament yeah. <laughs>
0: like all you have to do is say that yeah. and then all those questions kind of fall away you don't have to deal with all the other stuff if you, he's dodging Masai Nick's calls that's one thing that's his actions and he's kind of he has a right to want to get away from the situation for the summer i don't you know like whatever that's his life yeah. but you know these these easy to control media situations he should just be on top of that
1: yeah i do kind of agree i do wish there was like he would just kind of see the light, and just have a little clearing of the air. He doesn't even have to mean it necessarily. Just like, no, no, yeah, he, has, just, he can feel
0: whatever he wants. Yeah. To his heart. if he feels like his best friend was traded, yeah. I like you know if, if I'm Kyle Lauer and I see that Demar's traded, my instant thought is, oh shit, they would trade me too because Kyle and Demar have been one A and one B on this on this team for for the time that Kyle has been there. They yeah. they hold the same position. So the... anything that encroaches on DeMar encroaches on his security as well. I get that. That's You know, that is a tough thing to, to get past if you're a guy like Kyle.
1: Mm-hmm. On the other his side feelings of that, are though. Totally,
0: you know, that's he can feel whatever he wants. I just yeah. think that, you know, when you have an opportunity to win a championship, you have a larger responsibility to your team.
1: And on the other Which, side of that, by too. by all
0: means, it seems like he's fulfilling in practice. Nobody's saying anything. You know, they're all saying, you know, he's, he's good old Kyle, but this, these distractions is kind of... It's just really unnecessary. It's self-inflicted.
1: Yeah, and on the other side of that point you made about, like, they traded DeMar, that would mean they'll trade me too. Like, I also kind of think you could read that a different way and say, hey, they fired Casey and traded DeMar, but kept me. Like, obviously, I'm doing something right. And, like, so then, like, the whole, like, being mad about the trade or like feeling being it's a perceived lack of loyalty or whatever like it's not a lack of loyalty to Kyle Lowry because he is good enough that they deemed him worthy of bringing back like the one part of the core that they were cool with bringing back i guess if you want to throw Jonas in there as well that that you can include him but i wouldn't really put him on the level of the Kyle DeMar Casey sort of trio that led the franchise for so long but obviously Kyle did something right enough to be brought back with this team As an important part of the team, because, like, he is. He's really damn good. He's the engine of the team when he's playing. Um, So, like, I don't want to sort of tell Kyle how to feel, but if it were me, I would sort of perceive that as, like, a vote of confidence almost. But, obviously, like, that's not how he's perceiving it, and that's fine. Um, But, yeah, a clearing of the air would be very, very nice, and just... I do, I do put a lot of stock into what Kawhi said. Um, and I, I really am curious if they've even talked like at all, like even once, because like when Kawhi was asked about his relationship with Kyle, he said like they talk a little bit, but um, that they're mostly going to get to know each other on the court, and that's where they will really get to know each other. And it, like it really seemed like Kawhi put a lot of stock into that, which I think kind of speaks to what's been talked about him as just, like, a dude who appreciates dudes who like to hoop. Um, And, like, if Kyle comes out and it's just Kyle Lowry, the way he's been the last few seasons and is awesome, then I think that will kind of ingratiate himself with Kawhi and maybe vice versa as well when Kyle's out there playing with Kawhi and realizes, oh, oh, he can defend people in a way that DeMar never ever could. This makes sense that this trade was made. So I I hold out hope for that to happen. I'm not pressing any panic buttons by any means because I do think, like, a month from now we probably won't be talking about this. But for the time being, you're, you're right. It's just – it's way too easy of a thing that Kyle's leaving out there to be grabbed as low-hanging fruit. And, like, hopefully he talks tomorrow on Friday. He said he's going to. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. He said he's going to. But he also said he was going to talk. Like, you know, that's <laughs> whatever like. – I, I don't care if Kyle doesn't want to talk to us. I don't want to be like... I don't want to sound like your curmudgeon media type. It's like, oh, Kyle won't let me write my call. Um, but, blah, blah, blah. like, yeah, whatever. We can write about other stuff. There's plenty of good storylines. It yeah. Just, it's just... Don't do it. Because like, then, then everybody will shut up about it. You yeah, know? yeah. Let's move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um. And,
0: you know, like I say, yeah, it's not going to say anything interesting. Just, you know, get it over with. Let's move on to... Yeah. You know, just go, so you can go have a happy training camp, right? Like, and it seems like it's happy, but just little things that hang over it, and it's unnecessary.
1: Yeah, and then these pictures come out with him, like, in the Raptors gear, and, like, he looks so happy. And it's just, like, parlay that into the two minutes you have to put safe face in front of the media. That'd be lovely. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. Speaking of the basketball, which I'm so excited to actually start, because the basketball part of this season is going to be... Incredibly fun. I think the off-court discourse nonsense is going to be exhausting, but the basketball itself is going to be great, and uh, we get to see our first look at this Raptors team on Saturday. Any indications as to what the plan for how guys are going to be deployed in that game is uh, as of yet?
0: No, 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 no I, not really. Uh, I think you know Nick has been very much just not wanting to commit to starting lineup to a bench. Like like we said earlier, he was just mixing up the the scrimmages, so everybody was playing against everybody. So I think you know he's kind of still working with a lot of those uh, a lot of the the stuff that they saw in uh, in practices and seeing uh, you know maybe maybe he has a sense of what he wants to do and he's not not saying anything, right. but. As of now, it seems like they're kind of just still mixing it
1: up. Right. Uh, that's not surprising I, at all. Yeah. I uh, think Kyle, Kyle and Kawhi will
0: probably start, though. Just a guess.
1: This is exciting. I'm very, very ready for this. Um, yeah. Kawhi Leonard is a raptor, by the way. It's kind of surreal. Still surreal. It's not even kind of. It's extremely surreal. Uh, anything else before we wrap this thing up, Sirit? Just, like, stuff that people should know about what's going on at training camp? Stuff that you've noticed that people, the people should be hearing?
0: Sure. I think uh, one of the one of the things that we keep hearing is that Pascal looks really good. He mm-hmm. looks like the game has slowed down for him. He's making good decisions. His ball handling is is a little bit better, and like it seems like you know, it seems like he's maybe primed to have a big season. I think that's uh, it's an interesting thread to follow. Other than that, just you know, that same old fun creativity, try to open up everybody's games, keep shooting threes, and you know, move from. You know, I think Casey got the team to 2016, and I think Nick's trying to take it to 20 20 26, and that's right. kind of that's kind of what's going on.
1: Look, is the phrase Pascal Siakam All Star odds in my Google search bar right now? I don't know. We'll have to take a screenshot and see. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> the, the Siakam <laughs> stuff I'm very excited about. I'm not totally, I don't think he's going to be an all-star, but I think he's going to be awesome, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, I very much look forward to our next chat on the podcast sometime down the road. This was awesome having you on. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Anywhere people can check you out? Obviously, SB Nation, but uh, anything you want to plug right now?
0: Oh, yeah, just I guess uh, uh, on SB Nation, I wrote a little bit about the Raptors having fun like we talked about earlier, that piece with uh, the music and scrimmages, and kind of just uh, look look at training camp, and I'm sure I'll. And you know, I'll be continuing to, to write about training camp at espionation throughout the week. So I guess that's that's pretty much it.
1: And regrettably, you can't find Searit on the internet at Damien Trillard anymore, which is a uh, No,
0: you, can't. A you travesty. can't. You have to type in my real name now, unfortunately.
1: <sighs> Fine. At Searit Soby on Twitter. Uh, this was <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy Vancouver. I hear it's nice and rainy or what? Is it nice out there like right now is it sunny no you're not getting like terrible uh, vancouver little, weather it's
0: night now it's a little bit chilly oh, okay. a little bit chilly but you know it was, uh, nice during the day it was it was brisk i went for a run in the morning and it was it was that perfect run weather where mm. it's nice and sunny and obviously the views are amazing but you don't ever get to you, you just get warm you get to the place place where you're nice and warm
1: right this has been vancouver weather talk on Locked On Raptors with Sierra Sohi. Sierra, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, listeners, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support this podcast and all the other podcasts on the Locked On Raptors or the Locked On the Podcast Network. The Locked On Raptors Network network will, cap, network will happen at some point, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. You can read Raptors HQ. I have rap, Ranking Every Raptor is almost done. My final post is going up on Monday. You can, re- Monday you can read yesterday's post. Players 30 through 11 on uh, Raptors HQ right now. Terrence Ross is heavily featured. Of course he is. Uh, Amir Johnson as well. A very fun Amir Johnson stat. Also, if you've gotten to the end of the podcast, uh, please, I need four more people for the Locked On Raptors Fantasy Basketball League. Uh, If you go back, I'll just ask the question again now. Uh, The First, the next four people who get in my uh, inbox with the correct answer will be in the league. Uh, number 67 in my Raptors HQ, ranking every Raptors series. The player at number 67, how many points did he score in total as a Raptor? Uh, please DM me the, mes- the the correct answer and you will get a spot in the Lockdown Raptors Fantasy Basketball League. Four spots left, so I'll give the first four Uh, people who get back to me the final four spots there and that'll be very exciting and we'll do the draft very soon and uh, that's it for this show tomorrow we will be back we're going to do a review of the Serge Ibaka DeMar DeRozan episode of How Hungry Are You with myself and Katie Heindel so stay tuned for that and uh, we will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors Hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music Download the Amazon Music app today